This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is John, and I'm sitting at the table with Aaron. Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, man. I'm excited to be here again. And I tell you what, I've been looking at some of the uh-huh. Anchor stuff, and we are having a lot of guys from the UK listening. Nice. So I just want to say yeah, yeah. thanks for listening over there in the UK. Absolutely. Anywhere that you're listening, I love it, and I love to see those numbers even in the UK and stuff go up. That makes me so happy that people are downloading and listening. I'm always surprised when I, like... I upload an episode and, and, and you know, a, a couple hours later I check back and it's already got seven or eight listens, like, from somewhere else. Because, you know, they're on different time zones and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's always interesting because I, I usually just peek behind the curtain. I upload the episodes the night before. So on Wednesday nights, very late, though, very, very late. So if you're ever up at that time, you could actually listen the night before. And if you're, ever, if you're a member of our private Facebook group, you'll actually know about that because I post about it. So... All right, well, today I have a very fun topic for you that I was really looking forward to doing, performing, and now discussing. So today we are talking about my experience at a Bob Evans seminar. So, Brutal Bob Evans is a true veteran of professional wrestling who has earned the respect of his peers across the United States and around the world, actually. So today I'm breaking down my main takeaways from a nearly four-hour Brutal Bob seminar and how, you know... And how I use the techniques discussed, you know, on this podcast to get the most from my experience at that seminar. Because as you know, we have an episode of this very podcast, How to Become a Pro Wrestler, titled um, the, the Best Way to Get the Bang for Your Buck Out of a Pro Wrestling Seminar. How to Attend One Like a Pro. Yep. So go back and listen to that episode. I use the tips discussed in that episode to get the most out of my experience with Bob. So before I get into Bob and, and all that good stuff, I do want to mention Bob has a website. It's called TheWrestleLife.com. So full credit goes to him. Head on over to TheWrestleLife.com. Check out Bob Evans' stuff. He's got some great stuff. And while you're there, while you're online, please subscribe to myself and Aaron, How to Become a Pro Wrestler, on Instagram and on Facebook. All you got to do is type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler, and you'll find us. So Bob Evans hosted a pro wrestling seminar minutes, literally minutes, actually, to time it, it was about three minutes away from my front door. So, you know, I could have jogged there in less than 10 minutes. And, um, you know, today I'm going to talk about some of my main takeaways and what I learned from that experience. I, I so a, the, a company that I'm a big fan of is called WFC, runs shows locally here, and um, I was a big part of their organization. And I heard they were bringing in Brutal Bob, and I, I've, I've known about Brutal Bob peripherally from from friends of mine that I respect. Um, and when I heard they were bringing him in, I was like, oh, that's cool. I should try to, if they're gonna do a seminar, I should try to uh, go to the seminar. And then I like just randomly looked at it and it was like, oh, in my actual hometown. And I was like, I have to go. Like there's no yeah. excuses now. So I, I definitely had to go just minutes away from my front door. Bob Evans had this seminar. And like I said, it was, it was over four hours long. So let me get this out of the way. First of all, right off the bat, just right up front, I highly recommend attending a Bob Evans seminar if it is anywhere near you. So, uh, so regardless of any of the experiences I talk about, which are going to be mostly positive, I do highly recommend Bob Evans. Great guy. So if he's not coming to you, I highly recommend you go to his website. You know, he's worked hard to develop his blueprint for helping pro wrestlers become financially successful. 
And, you know, just as importantly, he's a great guy. That's what's one of the biggest takeaways that I'll get out of the way right here. He's a really great guy, really friendly guy, really easy to talk to, you know, nothing off the table, um, very much worth listening to. He's got a good opinion about everything. And so he is just a fountain of information. And I highly recommend you either go see him if he's near you or you visit his website. I think he's East Coast based, but, you know, we're central you know, America based. So it's not like he's not willing to travel, but he's East coast based. So East coasters, you might check around, see if he's coming anywhere near you. So in the last episode of this podcast, we talked about, Aaron and I talked about how not all feedback matters. And we kind of gave you some ways to think about whose feedback does matter, whose doesn't blah, blah, blah. So today I just want to tell you right off the bat, Bob Evans feedback definitely matters. So check out Bob. I highly recommend it. Real quick about Bob, so just in case you've never heard of Bob, I want you to know about him. He's a 30-year pro. He's been in this industry for 30-plus years, maybe. So Bob listens to this. I don't want you to just know that I'm trying to just drop in bullet points. So 30-plus year, I believe. He's world-traveled. He spent time performing off and on with WWE from, from what I could see, 1993 all the way up into 2000. And he's best known, this is what I knew him from. Um, he's best known for his work as a performer and a manager in Ring of Honor. He was a manager for Mike Bennett in Ring of Honor, great Ring of Honor performer, and that was from like 2010 to 2016. So now he owns and operates a very successful financial blueprint for pro wrestlers, helping them book travel intelligently and earn money you know, without the guesswork. I'm trying to take the guesswork, like, like Aaron and I are trying to do about training and the basics of professional wrestling, um, the experience in you know the gym and in the ring, the physical stuff. He's trying to help you with the pocketbook stuff, the financial stuff, and the travel, which is just as big of a part of that as well. Which is why I wanted to take Bob's seminar because that's stuff that even I, you know, um, I I may be quote unquote retired from in ring performing. I don't really consider myself an in ring performer anymore. I'm way happier as a uh, as a coach and as a peripheral player myself. Um, but when I heard you know a man as well respected as Bob was coming this close to home, I immediately had to sign up. I mean, we're all still learning. No matter how many years you've been doing it, you should still be open and willing to learn. You know, always go into it. We talked about that in the last episode, the growth mindset. You can always learn more. You can always get more education, no matter how old or how long you've been in there. So um, I was one of the first people that signed up. As a matter of fact, I was the first person because I got told by the, because like I said, I know the promoter of WFC, he messaged me about a week later, and he said, you know, man, you're the only one who's paid for this. And I'm like, wow, really? And it made me a little nervous. But luckily, it didn't matter because um, it, it grew closer, and there were, there were 15, 16 people there at least, um, which is great. That's a pretty good draw for around here. And they were all um, experienced wrestlers in one way or another. They had at least had a couple matches under their belt. So it was really nice to see so many interested people and so many people that I respected. There were some great wrestlers that I highly respect out of this area that were there learning as well. So always be willing to learn because, like I said, those, those guys know more than me about how to do things inside the ropes, and they were there learning from Bob as well. So Bob hosts and produces a podcast himself that I have never listened to. I absolutely need to listen to it, but I'm going to be brutally honest with you right now about Brutal Bob. I didn't want to rip off anything that he said on his podcast on ours. That, that's I'm legit. I have not listened to his podcast for the specific reason that I didn't want to then just try to give you the information and pass it off as my own. So now that I've learned from him in person, now that I've met the man, learned from him, you know, hands on, I feel 
much more willing now to listen to his podcast, which is highly rated, highly reviewed, and develop my own bit of financial advice for upcoming wrestlers, giving him credit anywhere needed, of course. I want to give credit to anyone that deserves it. So that's my intentions now. I'm going to go and listen um, to some of his podcasts as well and see if he's got any info besides what I'm going to talk to you about today that I can bring to this podcast in the future. Let's get to it. All right, that's enough. Um, So after the introductions at this seminar... Bob gave us kind of a brief overview of himself and how he decided that, um, you know, being a coach, honestly, helping wrestlers find ways to save and earn more money was super, super important for him. Like Aaron and I have seen with the, the basics of training as pro wrestlers, there's kind of something missing out there. Well, there, there there's, there's areas out there to improve, and Bob saw that financially people were not, there was really nothing that people were really following or sharing with each other about the best ways to save and earn money. And, and we're talking about living as an independent wrestler. That was very important to Bob, and he was saying that a lot. We're talking about living as an independent wrestler, not being contracted to any major company or anything, like not just treating this like a hobby, although that's something that some people do, and that's perfectly fine as long as you're honest with yourself. But how can you actually earn money on our level, on this level, you know, so he saw something missing just like Aaron and I did in the equation of pro wrestling. And just like Aaron and I are, are really trying to bridge the gap between the gym and the ring and, and standardize, you know, a better formula for training to become a pro wrestler. Bob is focusing on the financial side of stuff, helping wrestlers realize that you can actually make a living outside of the big contract, big money deals offered by, you know, WWE, AEW. So... Here's how the seminar kind of started. Bob paired off a lot of wrestlers, and he simply had them perform. He had them wrestle one-on-one under his watch, and um, he offered live feedback in the ring. He stood in the ring with them as they moved. He helped them and uh, offered them alternatives, gave them different you know, setups and whatnot for certain spots and things in the ring, and um, questioned them when they made a certain decision. He would question, why did you do that? Why did you zig when, when maybe you could have zagged? Here's what it would look like if you would have zagged. Yeah. Now, I want to get specific because this is one of my favorite takeaways from the whole thing. Um, Bob offered a critique to a very good friend of mine. And if you follow me on social media, you've seen me tagged in photos with him as well. But um, Wesley Crane. So he's a local performer in the you know Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas area and beyond. He's been way beyond that, of course. But... Um, Wesley's phenomenal. I would put him top five in this area uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, He's one of the best performers in 100 miles of where I'm sitting right now as far as I'm concerned. I absolutely love Wes. And, uh, you know, but here's something that Wes does, something that I know that I've done a million times and that many people I know do. So Wes is in the ring. He's wrestling. He's the bad guy. He's the heel um, he's the evil guy, and he's he's laying on the offense. He's attacking his opponent, and the whole time he's doing it, he puts on a deep, evil voice, you know, call this the, I don't know, like the Batman voice from the Batman movies with, with Christian Bale, like the gruff, rough, you know, deep voice. And uh, Bob stops him and makes an excellent point, if, if you ask me. He says, imagine if somebody walks up to you on the street, and in that Batman voice. They say, you know, I'm going to hurt you. You know what I mean? And he's like, I would maybe be scared, but I would probably just laugh at them if they did that. So he goes, now I want you to do everything, you know, Wes, I want you to do everything you were just doing. And in your very normal, regular tone, you know, say it loud enough for the fans to hear, but in your very normal voice, I want you to say, I'm going to kill you, dude. You know, like, and imagine now somebody walking up in the middle of the street to you 
and saying, dude, I'm going to kill you. Like, that is pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. So it had a very intense effect. It clicked immediately in my mind that it was something that so simple um, that added a great deal of realism and believability to something like a wrestling match, which is what we should be doing as wrestlers, guys. We do, you know, everybody is in on it. You know, as far as planning matches and, and it's a performance art and, and it's sports entertainment, I get that. But the more realism you can bring, the better it is. Yeah. It just makes people invest more. It makes people happier to watch it. So I don't believe this is by any means a 100% rule, which is something I've talked about on here before. Nothing really is a 100% rule, especially in wrestling. But in this particular instance, when Wes, who you've seen live, Wes is, Wes is an intense guy. He's got like a almost a kind of serial killer style like performance going for him. When he looks at a guy in his very regular voice and with that face that he has and says, I'm going to hurt you. It's crazy. It's like, you know what? That looks very dangerous. That looks like a dangerous man that I'm kind of worried about. So I just hope wrestlers listening to this podcast kind of take that into account. It's also something Aaron and I have talked about. It's worth a try, right? Yeah. Maybe next time you go out, you give this a try. If you're somebody that puts on a fake voice or whatever, maybe you try to go out there and just offer some more realism by speaking in your normal tone. So, and just see how that goes. You never know. You know it might work for you. It might not. But it is definitely something. And not just in the ring. Try your promos that way. Cut a promo in your whatever, your character voice, your Superman voice, your Batman voice, your scary voice, your happy voice, if you're a good guy, bad guy, whatever, and then go back and cut the exact same promo but talk in your normal tone. It could be terrible, but it could be fantastic. But you don't know unless you do it and watch yourself and get some feedback from people whose feedback matters and uh, try it for yourself. You never, ever know. You want some feedback, by the way, all you got to do is join our private Facebook group. Head on over to Facebook, type in at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. You'll see that link for the private group. Join it. You just got to answer a couple questions and you're in. You can speak to myself. Aaron, you could drop a promo in there and we could give you some live critique right there in the group. You got some peers in there that, that can offer you the exact same thing. So you would feel free to offer any kind of info in there and um, get some critique from people like-minded just like you. All right. So, Bob was very big on making movements matter, which is something I've discussed before as well. It is so, so important. So, if your goal is to knock someone down, let's just get specific with it. So, if your goal in wrestling is what? To knock them down and pin them one, two, three, right? So, if you knock somebody down with a move, why is your first instinct, and I see, you see it a lot, and now that I say it out loud, like, you'll be able to see it more often, why is your instinct for some guys to knock them down and then reach down, grab them, and pick them back up and hit them again. Like, what, what are we doing here, right? So if you knock someone down, you've got to do this intelligently. Maybe you pin them, they kick out, and then they get up on their own and you go after them instead of you picking them up when your goal is to put them down for one, two, three. Now just think about these things, guys. Make your movements matter. So if you have someone cornered, why are you grabbing their wrist and giving them the old pro wrestler Irish whip, shooting them across the ring, whatever we want to call it, away from you if you're someone who needs to be up close and personal to cause punishment, right? You know, I understand situations that require the Irish whip and whatnot. Of course it does. But I bet it's a lot less than you think as far as Irish whips go. I'm going to be honest right now. This is something uh, we, we haven't really discussed on this podcast. But the Irish whip, which is where you grab their wrist and you back them into the ropes or in the corner, and then you shoot them off, you put your other hand on their back, and you shoot them across the ring, that is arguably... One of the phoniest things that we do in the ring. Now, I do it 
but you got to limit it. Okay. You got to make that stuff matter because the more you grab somebody and throw them around by their wrist and they run 10 feet away from you, that the more you do that, the more you're going to expose that position. So save that, save it for a spot that actually matters. Mm -hmm. Let the baby face do it to the heel, you know, let the good guy do it to the bad guy to get away from them so they can create some distance and, and make their comeback or whatever they're going to do to tell the story. But don't just sit there and send them across the ring back and forth when you're a big brawler and your idea is to be close to them and punch them in the face. Don't send them away from you if you want to punch them in the face. You know, so also something that, that Bob talked about that I passionately agree with is when you pin someone, pin them different. You don't have to just sit there and, you know, the standard pro wrestling lay across their chest and then pull their leg up, like hook the leg. Maybe hook the inside leg. Maybe hook the outside leg. Yeah. Maybe just grapevine their, their um, or key lock, whatever you want to call it, wrist lock their hand and push their shoulders to the ground. Maybe just put your hands on their chest like Undertaker used to do. You know what I mean? Like I, You don't have to hook their leg every single time the exact same way. Think about this, guys. This thing's really matter to set yourself apart from the other wrestlers on the show. You can make yourself different simply by pinning people more often, less often, or differently. So these are great, great ways to set yourself subtly apart from the rest of the locker room. So from the, for the most part, Bob's critique on in-ring performance was, was a lot of stuff that Aaron and I have discussed on this podcast in the past. I was so happy to hear it because, you know, I'm not a 30-year pro. And when I hear a 30-year pro say things that I passionately agree with, I feel very validated. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. Like, I just feel super validated. I'm like, oh, cool. This is all stuff that I've talked about. That's great. Mm -hmm. So to have someone as experienced as him agree with me makes me so, so happy to hear um, after the in-ring live critique, Bob sat us all down and answered some questions. So this was the part that I was primarily looking forward to. Bob began discussing the, the financial side of things, ways you can save money and earn more money as a performer. And I'm going to talk to you about some of them right now. So one thing Bob talked about is... I'm calling it check the house. That's that, for wrestlers, that sounds... you know We know what that is, but basically... Look out at the crowd and see how many people there actually are out there. What's the house? How many fans are there? And I'm not saying take a absolutely dead-on head count. It's probably going to be hard for you to actually know who's paid, who isn't, who's a, who's a plus one or a family member that got in for free and blah, blah, blah. But how often as a performer, you listening to me right now or as a brand new person, how often have you been told this? Do you, do you actually look out at the fans that are in attendance? How many of those are paying or family or, or, or plus ones? You know, is there a designated section for family that you can roll off and then look out and be like, okay, there's, you know, there's roughly 40 people on that side, roughly 40 people on that side, roughly 30 on that side. You know, there's at least 90 people there. There's 10 more at the concession stand. So there's over 100 people here tonight. That's something to really take into account. So if the house is inadequate, if all the chairs are not filled, now I want you to think. What can I do as a performer to help improve this? Mm -hmm. And there's a few ways. There's a few simple ways that every single pro wrestler could do to help every single card that he performs on. Instead of being discouraged about a poor draw, maybe you discuss with your peers, especially if you rode with people in the car afterwards, but maybe even in the locker room or at the restaurant afterwards or whatever, maybe with the promoter, in a positive way, put a positive spin on it and be like, you know, what could I do? And what could we do as a whole to change this narrative? How could we get more people here? How can we bring in more fans and make this company better and get all of us a little bit more money? 
You know, for some people, that could be as simple as cutting a promo on social media, which is something Aaron and I have talked mm -hmm. about before. Maybe if every pro wrestler that's on that card decides, you know what, I'm going to cut a 90-second promo and just offer it to this company to use on their social media. If every wrestler did that and that company got more quality content, that could certainly... What, imagine if every single wrestler, if there's 20 wrestlers on the card and every one of them did a promo and every promo brought in um, two people. You know, like, that's amazing. That fills an entire side of, of most venues that, I, that locally yeah. I see around here. That would be amazing. Is that going to happen? Maybe. But maybe not. Maybe, though. You don't know unless you do it and try. And it doesn't hurt to try. All it does is give more content. It makes the promoter enjoy you more because you're giving them free stuff. Like, that's great to offer something like as simple as a promo to these people that all have social medias. For some people, it could mean if you live close enough and you really want to get hands-on, maybe you help them organize flyers. Maybe you get on a street team and you pass out flyers or you hang them up. Even if you devote, if you lived close enough and you were really passionate about helping a company out, you know, what's, what's a half hour of your time? Like maybe just that. If you, if you go to five businesses and you hang a flyer, get somebody that was shopping there excited, get the, the person owning the business, you know, always ask permission, always be polite and courteous when you're doing stuff like that, get them excited about it or something to where they're like, you know, that's something that is very important. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. When you do things like that, Let's say you, you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go help this company hang flyers. I'm gonna go to this gas station and say, hey, can I please hang one of these flyers up? There's a local wrestling company, blah, blah, blah. Polite, courteous, dress well, be smell nice. Yeah. All that stuff matters, guys. And it matters because you want that owner or the cashier or whatever it is, you want them to be happy after you leave and the next customer comes up there to pay for their gas or whatever, you want them to go, if that customer goes, anything going on in town? You want them to go, actually, I just got this wrestling flyer hung up here. You should go check them out. I'm thinking about taking my kids. That is what you want. You don't just want your flyer hanging there. You want some free word of mouth from these people as well. You want to be nice. You don't want them to rip it off the wall and throw it away as soon as you leave because you were, I don't know, you were smelly, you were unorganized, you, 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 you know, I don't know, you upset them in some way, you know, you brought your kids with you and they ran around and pulled potato chips off the shelf and threw them in the floor. Like, you know, all these things are job interviews, right? So everything that you do when you go in for a job interview, I want you to take into consideration when you're doing this stuff as well. And I've seen that firsthand, yeah. John, mm -hmm. locally here. Um, you know, we have had an event here at the university where mm -hmm. I work, and they wanted to do just a 30-minute thing on the weekend. And there was a right. um, some kind of street carnival thing like the day before. Right. So they went out and handed out flyers, nice. and yeah. they had some wrestlers come down. But whenever they were telling me about this, yeah, yeah. they're like, well, I just want to do a 30-minute show, and you're going to have three matches. Right, right, and that right. was it. And I was like, oh, man, are yeah. guys really going to travel? Yeah. Like, wrestlers going to travel yeah, yeah. for one 10-minute, you know, right, maybe 10-minute right, right. match. Sure. And who knows? This is on a day's notice, basically. Right. Like, who, yeah. who's going to show up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, man, those guys showed up. There really? was probably about cool. 25 people there. Yeah. And I... I mean, that was good for a day's notice. Oh, I mean, sure. It was a free event, but just to promote the next show that they had. Right. But there was a lot of kids there that have never been to wrestling. Right. That came, and they let them take pictures with them and stuff, and it was awesome. And I'm sure that made the next show bigger and better, and you got new interest. And, but those yeah. those guys were pros. They came down. They yes. helped the company. I know they didn't get paid to do it. They just sure. came down to help it grow. 
So we're going to get into it here in just a little bit. It's one of my next coming bullet points, but um, it's about using opportunities like that or maybe working for free somewhere if you have to, if that earns you more money down the line. Yeah. If, it, if they did that free 30-minute show or whatever and it got them an extra 100 people or whatever at their big event you know, in a couple months, that is worth it. So we're going to talk about that a little more here in a little bit. So um, be sure, you know, the other things that can come into play – about actually knowing how many fans paid and came in, you know, that can help dealing with your own payday. You know, let's, let's be honest, this is business, but um, most, you know, most really straightforward here, most small scale performers are earning like less than $100 a night. I mean, for sure. Like most indie wrestlers are going out there and for less than 100 bucks a night. So think about it this way. Does arguing with a promoter over an extra $5 to $20 really make a difference? If you walk out of there with, with, 80 instead of 50, it feels a little better, sure, but was that really worth it, or would it be more worth it if you were friendly with that promoter, asked them how you could help, actually helped, got more people there, and earned more money that way? Like, because all you're going to do, if you beg for an extra 5, 20 bucks, whatever, and leave a bad taste in the promoter's mouth about your character and whatnot, I mean, it's just not really worth it. So imagine if you improved that company by 5%. That's what I, I wrote here in our notes. But like, what if you improve the company by 3%? Like, who cares? 3% better. And then two more wrestlers do the exact same thing. And then two more wrestlers do the exact same thing. And now all of a sudden, the company is overall better by 15%, 20%. That's amazing. You see where I'm going, right? Like, it, that, that is an amazing thing if you can start slowly making all these little improvements. And it absolutely could be done. So with that thought being in mind, Bob also discussed not being afraid to work for free within reason. Mm -hmm. Yes, you need to get paid. You deserve it. But what if you take a free booking and at that free booking you sell $100 worth of merchandise? Stop defining yourself simply by your performance in the ring alone. Right? Just Yes, I, I do highly encourage pro wrestlers to come up with a rate that you tell people this is what I charge, this is what I'm worth, blah, blah, blah. I totally... Encourage that, but stop defining yourself just by that rate that you put on yourself for what you're going to do in the ring that night. Mm -hmm. You also should be making money with merchandise, which we've done a whole episode on how to make your merchandise table not suck. So please go listen to that episode. Invest in yourself. So you might take a free booking, sell $50 to $100 worth of t-shirts, take that money, reinvest it in yourself, get something different, get more t-shirts, get maybe smaller scale items that you can sell more of, but for, for, you know, less, uh, for more profit yeah. basically. And, um, just improving yourself, invest in yourself and improve yourself, you know, improve your character with quality, affordable merchandise. That's a really great way to make more money. So if your free work turns into extra eyes on you and your merchandise and maybe your social media, that's worth it. That's worth it. If you can get that, if you can turn that free work into extra followers, extra people seeing your merch, extra people sharing your, your videos, getting you more um, networking, getting you to more places, then it was worth it, guys. So just never be afraid to work for free within reason. Um, yeah. I, I think yeah. that's just a good a business sense in general. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know what, gyms, mm -hmm. you'll offer a week free, right? Mm -hmm. You're giving away some time in the gym, Absolutely. knowing that you're going to make the sale in yep. another place. Um, when we had a gym, we had a shake bar. And if I ever had people that weren't buying like recovery shakes and stuff, right. 
and I'd ask them why. A lot of times they wouldn't try it because the shakes were like six, seven bucks. Right, right, so right. they're kind of a, kind of yeah, expensive. Yeah, kind of high, yeah. Um, so you wouldn't want to do that consistently. I give them a free shake. There you go. Because I knew once they had yeah, it, yeah, they yeah, were going to yeah. end they were gonna up. They're going to pay for yeah. it. Yeah. And mm. they were like, "Oh, that's good. I think you know it's worth the money." They couldn't see the value. Right? Yes. Um, so totally. sometimes you do have to give things, you know, in this case, your service for free. But I think that's a good point. I mean, definitely, you can make money other ways, which I like that Bob was trying to get people to think about that. I know yes. we talked about that in the past. Yeah, we have. But that's a great way to kind of sync that up uh, is think about making money in different ways. It's not just like, and that, that, that's, that's kind of Bob's whole deal. It's like, it's not just, man, I want to make a living as an independent pro wrestler, not just like... I got to get to WWE. I want to make a living right now doing this. Um, so do I have to raise my fee? Do I have to be like, okay, I got to take three bookings a week and I have to get paid $500 for each of them so I can make $1,500 a week and that'll be a pretty decent living. I can live off of that. Don't just define yourself by your payday, guys. You should be making money with your merchandise. You should be making money with, with all these different things, your social media and whatnot. Think about all those things come into a play when you're gonna be making money as a pro wrestler. Yeah, just a, a quick story here. My cousin's mm-hmm. in a lot of punk bands. Yeah. And so he, you know, he's going and traveling, doing a lot of smaller shows. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sometimes they would do, he would say, man, we would take, uh, you know, shows for cheap. Right. Like it, it was barely gonna pay the gas to get there. Right. But we knew that we had stuff that was gonna sell. Yep. And we would, we, you know, we make a thousand dollars. He'd make a thousand bucks just on yeah. selling stuff sometimes. That's another great just idea for like when you're getting yourself booked somewhere or whatnot. If maybe it's someplace that's brand new or maybe you've seen footage or something, you can you can be like, you know, well, um, yeah, my booking fee is this. And let's say the promoter says, ah, oh, it's just too high. I can't afford that. And you say, well, take into account, like, do you know that this place draws crazy numbers yeah. of fans? Like, you know, there are, or draws a decent number at least. Or you could even ask. You could be like, how many people do you typically expect at a show? And if he says, you know, there's there's going to be at least 100, and you know that your merchandise rocks, mm-hmm. and that if there's 100 people, you're going to sell two dozen T-shirts, yeah. then maybe it's still, maybe you then say, all right, man, um, as long as I can set up my merchandise, I'm willing to come for a third of what I, whatever price you just told them. You yeah. told them 100 bucks, and now you're like, you know what, I'll, I'll come for, or, you know, uh, 75 or half, maybe 50 or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Those are just things, just different ways to think about it when you're traveling and when you're making money. It is a good idea to invest in your your merchandise table as well. So some more ways to kind of save money and keep some more money in your pocket while traveling. So Bob's thing was always travel with at least three people. So another great tip from Bob is is super simple. More people, more gas money, more driving options, especially if you're taking a long trip or something. Um, and it's very important that you discuss this. Take inventory of who's the best and worst driver and be super honest. You know, don't be like, oh, yeah, I'll do my. If you're going like a crazy distance, you know, I've, I've got some friends that have driven to you know Canada and beyond and stuff from here, from Texas or whatnot. And so that's a long trip, guys. So be honest with yourself. If you're a like, after I drive for two hours, I'm going to fall asleep. Well, then maybe you just need to drive for an hour and a half. And then if there's somebody that's like, I could drive for six hours and they're willing to do that or maybe give them a break and tell them just to drive for four and take turns. Um, a lot of people, myself, I'm, I'm like this. I can really get a long way on a cat nap. So as long as like, if somebody can let me sleep for like 30 minutes, I can then drive for another few hours. So I'm, I'm pretty good about that. So um, just really the most important thing to take away from that is don't be afraid to discuss this with the people in your vehicle. Hey, who sucks at driving or who doesn't like to drive long distances? Let's, you have to take a turn 
but it doesn't have to be as long as mine because I'm willing to drive a lot longer, blah, 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 all that good stuff. So also pack so you don't have to shop. And we're going to talk more on that here in just a little bit. I really want to break that apart, but you should be packing stuff to bring to where you're not having to stop and shop every, you know, you got to stop, use the restroom. I get that. But so you don't have to stop and go to every gas station and stuff. I'm, I'm going to break that down here a little bit more in a second, but here's something else that Bob talked about that I really didn't think about. He always rents a car when he's going really far. So if he's going really far distances, he rents a car every time, pays for the insurance and all that stuff, even when it's expensive. And the reason is, and, and he, he even said, he's like, this is not something you should do every single time, especially if it's not a long drive or anything. But he always rents a car for the longer trips because what happens if your rent a car breaks down on the side of the road and you've paid for all the proper insurances and all that stuff, they're gonna set you up. They're gonna get you a new vehicle from wherever they can. They're gonna help you, you're gonna be right along your way. Guess what happens when your car breaks down on the side of the road? Yes, you might have assistance or something. I know a lot of people pay for that service, but then what are you doing? You're probably just worried about, well, now my car is in the middle of wherever and how am I gonna get it? How long is it gonna take to get it out? Um, do I have to come back through this town and rent a car on my way back to get my vehicle? You're gonna be worried about that the whole time. And if there's other people with you, you're gonna be losing valuable time. You're gonna be kind of wasting their time. You know, Not that it's a waste, it's not something you wanted to do, but it happens. So rent a car, they set you back up, you jump in another car and just keep going if it breaks down. And also just general wear and tear on your vehicle. Like it really does add up, especially if I'm talking to guys who are trying to make a living doing this every single week. So you're driving a lot and you got to do the drives. That's what wrestlers got to do, do the drives. So you're wrestling a lot. It might be worth your money to save your actual car's life for your regular life or your regular job. If you have a day, a week job, you know. Um, and rent a car when you go on these long wrestling trips. So now, more on what I was talking about earlier, and, and this is something Aaron and I have definitely discussed before. It's been a while, though. We did an episode on um, how, to, how to feed a pro wrestler, I think I called it, yeah. uh, nutrition for pro wrestlers, simple stuff, you know, kind of common sense stuff, but Bob was really passionate about this. Bring a cooler, you know, come on, guys. Pack your food and drinks. You could pack a freaking loaf of bread and all the sandwich fixings and feed everybody in the car. I mean, seriously. Now, you know, eat out after the show if you want to. If you got to have like a if you got to have one of those experiences and you want to celebrate, eat out after the show and that's your one, that's it. That's the one. That's the only one or maybe one time on the way down there and then you eat in the car afterwards on the way, on the drive back or to the drive to the next town whatever you're doing. But pack your food, guys. Seriously. I I I talked about that in that, that episode. I always do that, even here, even if I'm only driving a couple hours away. I bring, I have an ice chest, I pack a couple of drinks in there, I pack you know, a Tupperware container with some chicken or whatnot. Uh, in my opinion, if you cook the chicken properly or you know, if you grill it or whatever, you could just eat it cold, to be honest. It doesn't bother me, but if that bothers you, pack something different that you can eat cold or, or whatnot. So, or just sandwich stuff, sandwich fixings, or tortillas, you know, instead of, instead of a loaf of bread, you bring tortillas and lunch meat and you do wraps or something like that. That's all great ideas, simple ways to feed the whole car without having to blow your money, blow your gas money, blow your time, blow your payday, blow your merch on restaurants nonstop. And then you just come home breaking even. Yeah. We're trying to make money here, guys. We're not just trying to break even. So also maximize your minutes. Let's get there. Let's get there to where I have enough time to set up a fantastic, amazing merchandise table, save some money, say, introduce myself to everybody, be polite and friendly. Like, don't come in last minute and, oh man, no, I can't talk about my match right now. I gotta set my merch table up. Be prepared, guys. You know, plan ahead. Now, something else Bob talked about. 
booking yourself on a loop. So I'm going to talk about the loop. So I'm just going to give you kind of an example so you can get, if you have never heard of like a loop or whatever, and that exists in other things in life, but, but pro wrestling, you know, working a loop is something that was common back in the day, but still happens now. So can you take a car full of people and hit a loop of towns? So let's say you're based in Texas. Friday night, you get yourself booked in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So you drive from wherever you're based in Texas, you know, you're, you're coming out of Dallas or something. You're like, all right, Friday early, we leave, we drive to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're wrestling that night. And then immediately after, what do you do? Maybe you sleep, maybe, or maybe you just hit the road because now you're on your way to Gentry, Arkansas. I don't know. I'm just pick a place. So it's some place I've been before. So there you go. You're driving to Arkansas. So right across the border from Oklahoma, you go into Arkansas. That's where you're wrestling Saturday night. You have another show with your guys. Now you're back on the road after you rest. If, if, if and when you rest, maybe you, two guys sleep and one guy starts driving right after the show. That might be the case. And you're on your way back to Frisco, Texas, Sunday night, where you wrestle for your third show in a row, three days, three shows in a row, took you on a loop from Dallas, where you're based out of, to Oklahoma, to Arkansas, and then back to Texas, right outside of Dallas. Now you're going to finish your show in your home state, and you're going to be home to go to work or to get back to your family on Monday, whatever you got to do. Bob was very passionate about making intelligent booking decisions that allow you to get home to not just your day job if you have one, because you got to make that money. You, you got to be making money, guys. We want you to make money because eventually we want you to be able to quit the day job and succeed as a wrestler. But you got to be able to also keep your family happy. And if you're away just having a blast with the boys nonstop every weekend, that's going to take wear and tear on your significant other. So and I'm fixing to talk a little bit more about that as well. But booking that loop intelligently, if you can, I know this is not always the case. And maybe it's not three shows. Maybe it's just two shows. Maybe you got a show Friday and you're off Saturday and then you got a show Sunday or vice versa. You know, the, like who knows? If you can book three, that's great. If you can book more than three, there's a Thursday night show somewhere or a Monday. Do it if you can. But make intelligent booking decisions. Don't book yourself across the United States one night. If you're not a guy that can fly regularly, that's expensive too. Like, of course, all this stuff's expensive, even driving. But like, if you're not somebody that, that, that can, you know, work across the U.S. and then you're going to try to get back to somewhere closer to home on Saturday and then you got to go way far out again on Sunday to another show on the East Coast or something and then you're never going to be you're going to be home Tuesday and you're going to want to spend the whole day sleeping you know intelligently book these loops guys and the idea is hopefully that these companies are running so regular that you can hit that loop once a month and then maybe you get a loop for every weekend that is how you can make some money doing this traveling with a group of guys it might be a different group of guys or it might be the same so great ways to think about intelligently booking your travel. Now, let's talk about your significant other, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be. So the life of a pro wrestler can be hard on families. If you're constantly driving and away from home, it can wear on your relationship. This is all straight from Bob, okay? So one idea is to treat maybe one of those weekends out of the month, or maybe every other month, or maybe every three months or something, uh, I think Aaron told me once that your your wife likes to go on a on a vacation every few months or something. You know, yeah. like you got to and and you know you got to do that. You got to get away from the monotony and the nor the, you know the the stuff of it all and kind of just reset yourself. Yep. So that is maybe something you can think about your pro wrestling. It doesn't have to be every month. Maybe it's every other month or or even less frequently, twice a year or something. But one of those wrestling weekends 
you book it to where you can leave, you know, with your wife, with your family if needed, but maybe just with your significant other and, and your kid if you have a child as well, bring them. So one idea is to treat the weekend of wrestling like a little mini vacation. Um, you bring them along with you guys. You travel to a place that has something fun to do. Something Maybe the drive itself is very scenic. Um, maybe there's something fun going on in that town on that Saturday early that you can enjoy together. And then you go to the wrestling that night. Maybe she helps you at your merch table while you're there and enjoys your fans alongside you, blah, blah. Make it a family experience. Or maybe you travel out to have a show on a Saturday and then you stay in a nice hotel or something that night. And then on Sunday, there's something fun going on in that town or the town next door. You enjoy it and then you drive home and you're ready for work on Monday. Like, just treat it like a little vacation with wrestling in between. Bring her along and let her experience it as well. Because the more you hide from from you know your significant other and, and you make them think like, well, you're just out with the boys, you're not really working or whatnot, let them see what you do. Let them know what you do and, and bring them along. Make it fun. Make it a vacation for them and bring them along for the experience. So that was something very interesting that I had never really thought about talking about. I'm, I'm married, but like I'm not traveling near as much as I used to at all. So like it's not something I'd really thought about talking about on this podcast. So it made me happy to hear Bob talk about that because he's a family man, you know, yeah. wife and kids um, and very successful ones. So great things that you can learn from someone who's actually done this before. So this is going to harp back to what I was just talking about, but I want to hit it again. Okay. So it bears a special mention. Always end where you can get home on time. Odds are you probably still have a day job during the week, especially if you're first getting started as a pro wrestler. If that's the case, stop missing work on Mondays, guys, if at all possible, please. So book your travel intelligently to where you can be rested and ready for work on Monday. If you are constantly losing a day of pay for wrestling, it's going to start to feel like you're wasting your time. You're going to kind of start to question decisions. Mm-hmm. Your wife may start to question decisions. Your boss at your job may start to question you particularly. So earn your money, save it, invest in yourself, invest in your dreams, grow as a performer in the ring, in the gym, and at the merch table, guys. We want you thriving as a pro wrestler. And it starts with small steps, but this is the way that you do it, okay? John and I know a lot of mm-hmm. the guys that I've talked to and that you've mentioned in the past, they struggle with people um, wanting to encourage them and understanding, you know, their passion Mm -hmm. for pro wrestling and, you know, what their desire is, you know, for the future. So, man, what what I'm taking away from this, kind of this stuff with Bob and being a family man in the finance, I mean, this gets everyone that if if you have a significant other, if you have kids, uh, even if you have friends that maybe don't understand, once they see how serious you're taking it, Mm -hmm. I mean, this legitimizes it to me. Absolutely. Instead of just looking like you're just out there having fun having with the fun, boys and doing stuff a hobby like that. or something. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting pen to paper and you're tra- you're yep. getting these loops figured out, you're figuring out how to carpool to save money yep. and how to make more money on your merch, all of that. It's so a, it's a wonderful thing, guys. Yeah. And the the other like he, and just like Aaron said, like that's so important. And also like just knowing that you can make it work, like you can make this happen, even if you have. If you're, if you're somebody who says, well, I wanted to be a wrestler, but I'm going to give up on that dream because eh, I found someone that I really liked and I got married, and now I don't, I don't really need to be chasing that stuff anymore. You can still make this work, guys. You can still do it. Yeah, for sure. I know even, you know, I'll tell people, you know, that we, you know, we have a pro wrestling business, mm-hmm. and this is what we're doing, and I'm passionate about yep. it, and, you know, I can't, we're helping these guys and all right. of this. 
and some of them don't get the pro wrestling. They're like, you like right. pro wrestling? Like they, yeah, they don't yeah, understand yeah, yeah. that. For sure. So it's even, you know, so I understand no, I as just a business owner yes. to get the support to say, oh, dude, that is awesome. You are coaching pro yes. wrestlers to be yep. able to make it's a career rare. out of that. Yeah. yeah, you don't really get that. So I understand not having that support. But, you know, when you look at it and you look at, you know, putting, like I said, pen to paper, right. you're sitting down, you have a plan, you're really organizing, right. that makes a, a big difference. It makes a huge difference, guys. Well, I, and, yeah, go ahead. And, and Bob mentioned in there, and I think with everything, you said, like, every movement matters when yes. he was critiquing. Yes. And I think he's put that through everything that he's talked about. Right. Every movement matters, every plan matters, your bookings, all of, all of that stuff matters. Leave nothing to chance, guys. Yeah. Actually, actually sit there and plan this out and succeed. Like that's, that's the way to do it. That's the thing that you need to do. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoyed my time at that seminar. I hope to get to see and hang out with Bob some more sometime in the near future. I would love to get him on this podcast. So that's something that Aaron and I are going to work with, um, trying to get him on this podcast for you so we can pick his brain even more. So guys, you can also find us on YouTube. All you got to do is go in there and look up how to become a pro wrestler. Subscribe to our channel, please. We drop some cool stuff over there, some more podcasts and video links and whatnot. So check us out on there. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, like I said. And I hope you enjoyed this combo. I definitely did. So thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. Don't wait for your opportunity. Take it.